Welcome to the inaugural episode of Screen Kings, the podcast where three horror authors, who are also movie fans, talk about the movie adaptations of the books of Stephen King. It's kind of a high concept. You'll get used to it. Uh, my name is Jeffrey X. Martin, and I do write things, but we'll talk about that later. Um, my co-hosts for this endeavor are Thomas S. Flowers and Duncan Ralston, and I will let them tell you a little bit about themselves. Tommy, go ahead and vomit your stuff. I probably could have phrased that better, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Let me just bottom up my stuff here. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> tell us of tell uh, us of your of, of the books that you have written and your words. Ah, uh, yep. Tom says flowers. Uh, I got a couple of books out there. The uh, Subdue series, uh, Dwelling and Emerging, as long as well as Run Height for book trope. Uh, I also got a pretty active blog site that's currently reviewing Universal monster movies. Excellent. And Duncan, tell us about your Canadian self. I'm Ted Theodore Logan, and I'm Duncan Ralston. Got a couple of books out: Salvage a Novel and Gristle of Bone, my first collection. Seems like you guys have a lot more going on than I do. Just, just more time on our hands, dude. That's really <laughs> all there is to it. Do I work? I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about why we decided to do this show and kind of what Stephen King means to us all. Not in a creepy way, but, you know. Yes, in a creepy way. Okay, maybe in a creepy yeah. way. <laughs> I have pictures of him all over my bathroom. Um, God, how did this come up? We were just all talking one night, and it's just we were talking about, I think, specifically Night Shift, wasn't it? Night Shift? Perhaps, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. The first one that I read. And we just started talking about all of the movie adaptations and how some of them are really good and some of them are just uh, horrific. Abysmal. Yeah, just horrific <laughs> piles of crap. So we were just like, hey, we should do a podcast about that. And we were like, yeah, that's a great idea. So finally, about five months later, <laughs> here we are. <clears throat> Um, and we've decided to go through all of the movies chronologically, which means that we're going to start all the way back in 1976 with Brian De Palma's wow. version of Carrie. A lot of people consider this movie to be a classic, so I'm interested to find out what my friends think. So who wants to kick this one off? Who wants to plug it up? Well, I really hated it. I'm just kidding. I was going to this one. <laughs> wow. Probably one of my favorites. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you could hate this movie. It's a classic. I agree. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember seeing it. Uh, not in its original release, because obviously I was never born. Um, but I did see it when I was a teenager, and didn't quite really appreciate it then. But as an adult, I definitely appreciate um, De Palma's uh, directorial style. And of course, uh, Sissy Spacek, you know, she's a wonderful actress. 
Uh, of course, seeing John Travolta just kind of mumble his way through the movie as a moron <laughs> was enjoyable as well. Yeah, he's great in this movie. <laughs> I actually watched the 2002 version by mistake uh, when I was buying the, the DVD for this. Um, How was that? Uh, slightly horrible. Um, it was made for TV. <laughs> Um, the acting, you know, the the acting in it, you know, for some parts wasn't, you know, horrible. Their casting wasn't horrible. It's just weird, different portrayals for some of the characters. Like uh, Travolta's character in the 2002 version, he was like, you know, trying to be more badass, I guess, or more killer. You know, uh, the carry I thought was all right, but it's kind of hard to replace Spacek. You know, um, it, and then of course the graphics in it are just. You know, deplorable. <laughs> you know, well. blue screen. You know, everything's blue screen. Now, so. Here's here. I heard. I learned an interesting fact yesterday, and I didn't even seek it out. <clears throat> but um, Sissy Spacek was actually the set decorator for Phantom of the Paradise, which was De Palma's oh. movie from '74. So apparently, they got to know each other on the set of that movie, and then he cast her as Carrie, which was her first big role. <clears throat> So yeah, I guess yeah, because I I'd never seen Phantom of the Paradise before yesterday. So what the hell do I know? Um, <laughs> let's talk about that 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 split screen technique that De Palma uses. And the reason I want to bring that up, I mean, because he does it in practically everything he directs. Um, <laughs> but seeing as how the book Carrie was a uh, epistolary style so it's all like newspaper articles and diary entries and not really a straightforward narrative do you think the split screen technique works within that context I think it works it's a, it's a, it works for because of how much action is going on specifically in that in the prom night scene but uh, I don't know if the epistolary yeah, really, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop <laughs> asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> um, do you have any opinion on that, Tommy, or am I just am I talking out of my ass here? Uh, partially. Okay. I think. Uh, but uh, no, I think the, the split screen, especially like Duncan mentioned in the uh, during the, the actual prom night. Given, I, I would I would assume 1976 limited on what they can do visually, you know, um, it kind of adds to it. it gives it kind of like almost like a graphic novel kind of feel to it. We're able to see her reaction juxtaposed with the reactions of uh, the kids in the audience, you know, and then even her when she's hallucinating everybody laughing at her and taunting her when it really it's just a few. Um, I think it worked pretty good on showing the kind of. The, the snap, the you know, the the, the breaking of her mind, when she kind of collapses inside herself. They're all gonna laugh at you. Yeah. Yep. Do you think Piper Laurie was too over the top as as her mother? <clears throat> I guess I'm, uh, I guess I'm kind of saying <laughs> this in response to having seen the other theatrical remake with um, Julianne Moore playing that role, and she was a lot more. Uh, That's the 2003 one? Yeah, she was a lot more refined. She wasn't mm. so much, I'm going to... She was more, I'll cut myself, as opposed to I'm going to cut other people. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, for me, I think she was pretty much perfect in that role. It was... 
you know, she really did not swell, and how uh, pious can be kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I like the fact that the scriptures she was quoting were not actually from the Bible. That was awesome. <coughs> Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Oh, boy. Well, that's in there. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought Piper did pretty good, too. Julia Moore is just like a different actress, you know, more modern for her. But she did, like, the crazy cat lady without the cast. You know, she did crazy cross lady with the room of the creepy cro- crucifix, you know. <laughs> the creepy cross lady. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, that crucifix in the, in the room was just bizarre, you know, the you know, you, had, like, these, you had these giant eyes, you know, like clown eyes. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like a go ahead. demons. Right, demon eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like big those um those clown paintings with the big eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not implying that Jesus is a clown. Don't get pissed at me, damn it. I'm just trying to make a point. Um I think one of the things I enjoy about this movie now, seeing as how it came out when I was, I don't know, eight. So, you know, it's good that I didn't see it then because I wouldn't have understood the first ten minutes at all. I would have just been lost. Um, yeah, the first ten minutes that looks like the beginning of Debbie Does Dallas. Yeah, pretty much. That's a lot. Of, that is a lot of famous people naked. I mean. It, it just is. I'm not. The girls' locker room is such a magical place, according to that movie. Well, it is. It's it's all slow motion and and steamy. It looks nothing like it did in Porky's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are a lot of people who later went on to become very famous in in this movie. You know, Travolta's in it. William Cat, Nancy Allen, P.J. Souls. Um, um, Amy Irving, who was married to Steven Spielberg for a while. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's it's fun to look back and just go, oh my god, they're all so young and not wearing clothes. So, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. It was a plus for me, guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the woman from uh, from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is in it, too. Yes. I, uh, the fence clerk at the, at the uh, auto rental. Edie McClurg, that's right. That, so, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I had to stretch for that one. What is her fucking name? Oh, it's Edie. <clears throat> the only other thing I remember her from. Um, she was the... She worked in the office in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. Yeah. They all think he's a righteous dude. Uh <laughs> <sighs> All right, and this is going to sound stupid, but my next question is this: So they they pull the bucket and and they dump the pig blood on Carrie. We all know this happens. If you think this is a spoiler, fuck off, it's wrong spoiler. show. <laughs> fuck off, wrong show. Um, <laughs> and then the bucket falls down and it hits Tommy Ross in the head. Mm-hmm. Would that really have killed him? It was empty. Was he? No, I don't think he died because of that. Did he? Or did he die? Yeah, he died. Because I think, well, it depends on what version I guess you're watching. I know in the in the original, it's not really clear they're huddled around him, if I'm remembering it right. But in the 2002, like they actually say he's dead. But I can't oh, remember okay. if in the book it even mentions it. But. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I haven't read the book since I was 15. It's just yeah. because I can't imagine that Carrie would be like, oh, fuck you too, Tommy Ross. Well, she thought he was in on it, I guess. Or she thought he died. But then why would she not have killed uh, Susan? Yeah. yeah, maybe she didn't. So I think that was part of the... Like, she, you know, she saw him there, unconscious, her dream ruined, shattered, or whatever. I think that was part of her snap. Go chaotic. Yeah, that seems reasonable as far as insane people can be reasonable. <laughs> uh, unless he died in the fire. He was unconscious and he died in the fire. Yeah, that could be it. That's the explanation. Well, yeah, but just about everybody died in the fire. Yeah. <clears throat> um. I don't know, that just always, that was just, that always bugged me. That was always on, in my mind. Um, yeah, it definitely wouldn't have killed him, because it just kind of tips over onto his head. Yeah, and he's mad about it, too. He's like, hey, yeah. who the fuck uh, poured blood on my date? And then, bonk, and it's kind of, it's kind of three stooges there for a second. I mean, it must have hit a soft spot. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that afro was all a soft spot. <laughs> It should have been spongy enough to protect him from the bucket. <laughs> you think? I guess the bucket was like 10 pounds. Those old school buckets. <laughs> yeah, those sexy curls should have protected his delicate fontanelle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I thought was weird between the versions of movies is um, in, the, in the original was, uh, with Travolta and all the original cast, um, when she's walking back home, does uh, is she setting the town on fire in, in that one? I don't think she was. I think it was just the car, and then she went home. In the and original the version, I think the gas station blows up too, but the car a car drives into the gas station and blows up. Yeah, so it's like the catalyst for that blowing up. But in the other ones, I can't remember if it's in the book or not, <clears throat> she pretty much sets the whole town on fire. Like, where she's walking, the fire's following behind her. And that's in both the 2002 and 2013 versions. Yeah, that's true. Huh, crap. I can't remember. There was a 2013 version? Yeah, oh, that's that, one, that one's the one with, yeah, has, um, with yeah. Julianne Moore and Chloe Grace Moretz as Carrie. That's the 2003 one, isn't it? No. No, that's that's 2013. Oh. Uh, no two, the 2003 one was the TV version with Angela Bettis. Oh, okay. She was pretty good, Carrie. I'm too bad. I like her anyway, but I just I always see her as May. I never see her as anything else. Oh, God, did you just? Oh. I know we're not supposed to talk about sequels on this show, but did anybody actually see Carrie two? The, yes. The Rage. <laughs> it was a, It's been a while. I saw it in uh, high school years, the '90s. Um, wasn't so it like she had tattoos? Yeah, like she was like a distant relative. Yeah, here's a spoiler that I thought was just fucking bizarre. Is in two, you know, in the 1976 one, the original, she dies. The house collapses on her. In 2002, her friend, well, her mom tries to drown her in a bathtub, and her friend comes and saves her. And then she's on the run. Like her friend takes her out of town. Like she's carrying on the run, you know. I'm like, I don't remember this at all from the fucking book. What kind of bullshit is that? Yeah, she's like, it's a springboard for a series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't know it was. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, it probably probably was a highlight. 
much for a show. God, can you imagine a weekly carry series where she just goes from town to town? <laughs> It'd be like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Sorry I came in and set everything on fire, but you're a cute little kid. I hope your mom gets better. And then next week, Carrie goes to another small town. <clears throat> what about Carrie? Uh, right. <laughs> well, since we're talking about endings, let's talk about the ending of of this movie. The whole uh, the hand. Uh, the hand. <laughs> Yeah. What does it mean? I don't understand. <laughs> well, at least it was a dream. From the way I remembered it when I first saw it, it was actually happening that she walked back to the house. Susan, you know, Harry's hand came up from the grave or the hole where the house was. Oh, uh, that was. I, I thought it was bizarre that it was property for sale, but they had this little marker on there, like a tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> It's very bizarre. Boy, this nice lot of property. By the way, there's bodies on the ground there. <laughs> was this Carrie White burn in hell? Is that what it says? Yeah. Like, like Dr. Venkman? <laughs> yeah, that, that scene is actually the 2002 one, but it's Carrie at a graveyard. And I guess her mom or one of the students she kills pops out of the ground, but it's just a dream sequence. And then she wakes up in a car. Yeah, it's very bizarre. They changed that up. It's pretty slim, similar, I guess, but she was, you know, she had some kind of a psychotic break. Susan did at the end of the original one. Yeah. Dreaming that her mom's hands were Carrie's hands. <laughs> pretty cool ending, though. It is a good ending, and it gives the audience a nice little jump at it's the end. It's an old jump scare ending. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and that's like a good Michael Myers coming out of the lake as a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie comes back with a hockey mask on. Wrong movie, Jesus. <laughs> well, I'm not the set. I know. That's the other set down the road. <laughs> I should be okay with that. Carrie comes out of the lake with a maybe a, it'd be a scuba mask, I guess, instead of a hockey yeah. mask. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this movie is supposed to rep- represent. Um, well, I don't guess, but I guess the story is about you know those horrible feelings that you have during puberty, and yeah. um, I don't remember ever being that mad that I just wanted to kill everybody and burn burn down the town. So I guess on uh, you haven't had your dreams uh, given to you and then stripped away from you. Oh no, that happened. No, no, that happened during marriage. Um, had <laughs> nothing to do with puberty. <laughs> Clarify, not this marriage. There's, there's, the, no, no, no. there, there, there were others. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, how faithful to the book you think this is? You think this is a decent? Um, uh, I haven't read it for so long. It's hard to. I mean, as an epistolary, it would be difficult to, to do it a literal translation. That's true, I guess. It'd be kind of like, <laughs> like our like town. Like Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, where you see them writing. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh my God! I did not like that. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but it, except for his accent. Yeah, which obviously. one? He had like seven in that movie. <laughs> 
had his hair up in that beehive. Looked like he was wearing two crawlers on his head. Oh no, I mean, uh, what's his name? Keanu Reeves' accent. Oh, I sound like Gary Oldman's oh. accent. Never mind. This is cool. I am the poofy. I like that. Classic. Well, Keanu's was awful. Well, Keanu's is always awful. Yeah. Anytime he tries to do an accent. Jesus, no. Thank the gods for that. All right. Well, crap. I'm out of. I'm out of. I'm out of questions. Actually. Yeah. It's, <laughs> now we gotta go freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> improv. Who's <laughs> better than writers of improv? <laughs> Everybody. Nah, that's cool. I mean, like I said, it's 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 the first show, and Carrie is such a. It's one of those things where everybody has said everything about it, you know. So it's kind of hard to come up with any new insight. Mm. On, on. Can I just say two words? Dirty pillows. And you know what? <laughs> that may be the, one of the biggest contributions that that movie has made to popular culture. Is I love it. Dirty <laughs> pillows. <clears throat> dirty pillows, prayer closets, and um, I don't know, making your own prom dress. <laughs> that seems like an important aspect of it. There's a lot of interesting imagery that I never noticed the first time around, like when uh, Perry's mom is chopping up penises. I mean, uh, carrots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was, um. She didn't like men too much. No. No. I do like how that whole story finally comes out. At the end, though, mm-hmm. I should have killed myself after the first time he put it in me. Yeah, the sin never dies. Yeah, wow. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much better about my own existence now. Yeah. <clears throat> what a blood symbolism, I guess. That'd be obvious. Yeah. <clears throat> Particularly in the book, and I, well, I guess in the movie as well. Well, you know, blood being fire. yes, blood and fi- blood and fire. Well, that is pretty much puberty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and I guess given the, the era, you know, the 1976 and of course the 1973 Roe versus Wade decision against abortion, women's rights and the control of their bodies. I guess these are all at the forefront of King's thoughts I'm assuming when he wrote it yeah the whole women's liberation movement kind of being at an apex during the, the 70s that makes sense no mother I'm not going to do that no mother no mother you know <laughs> meanwhile mothers like wearing seven bras at the same time and black sh- black formless shifts <laughs> so yeah that, that, that does make sense it's not you know, I guess in retrospect, it doesn't really strike me too much as a book for adults. No. I mean, I think nowadays they would classify Carrie as a young adult book. Adult book? Maybe. There isn't really a lot of sex in the book, from what I recall. No, there's not. It could be one of the. One, I wouldn't say one of the first. 
what an earlier one yeah i mean it's probably i mean the 70s is when the ya genre really kicked off besides you know party boys and nancy drew <clears throat> but yeah. but i mean you know look at where it is now you've got the you know children killing each other in the hunger games carrie seems <laughs> carrie seems kind of tame yeah pretty much maybe that's why it became so successful so far hmm yeah like, yeah maybe so I'm glad I didn't see myself in Carrie this person I can see myself in Carrie could you <laughs> oh hey saw what that saw what you did there play on words Don't apologize for that. Own that shit. <laughs> I didn't apologize. So I said it was terrible. <laughs> okay, so let's let's do it this way. Let's think of a clever way to. I, don't know, I guess I guess just you know would would you watch this again? I don't want to give it some kind of weird. I'm going to yeah. give it four skulls out of five, or you know, three pads. <laughs> <laughs> Three what? Sorry. Three pads. Maxi pads. Yes. <laughs> nice. That's the the scene in the beginning with the maxi pads. I remember hearing a lot of people complaining about that. Oh, why do they have so many goddamn maxi pads and tampons in there? But uh, I mean, it's a movie, first of all. And maybe they just restocked the shelves. Uh, I was gonna say there's a machine in there that is full of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They break it open. Why that? Why so many eggs in this grocery store? I'm I'm confused. Well, they take care of that shit, I guess. Yeah, it's almost like a satire of the menstrual cycle. Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure that's something to be satirized. <laughs> I don't know. I know I know at least one woman who'd be like, nope, that shit ain't funny. <laughs> That is not funny at all. <clears throat> yeah, so would you guys, would you watch it again? Is, is the question that we I, shall use. I would watch it again this week. I would watch it again now. Yeah. <clears throat> Damn good movie. Stylistically, script, the acting. Yeah, I think it. I think it benefits from having De Palma as the director, just because of his style. I don't, I don't think there's anybody else around at the time who could have pulled it off quite as well. I mean, they would have probably given it to like somebody who directed the Planet of the Apes movies or something like that. You know, <laughs> nobody else understands weird shit. Give it to Franklin J. Schaffner; he'll understand. Yeah, no. So, yeah, De Palma's work on this is, is stellar, and I really think that that's the thing that primed him for, you know, Dress to Kill, which was his really big breakout movie. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's a classic. It's hard to say anything bad about it, and I guess I don't really want to. Yeah, yeah I'd definitely watch it again. Uh, I know it's many, many, many remakes of kind of Falls Air done. I mean, the 2013 one isn't horrible. It's got a like, great cast of actors and actresses in it, but I just think they kind of went overboard probably with that one with the uh, with the practical effects and special effects in that one. Mm. Yes, there was a lot of... Ex- I think they put a, more explosions in there just because they realized that, you know, it was kind of a date movie. Yeah. Michael Bay, wasn't it? 
was it? Oh God, was it? Well, it was directed by the woman who directed Boys Don't Cry, so I guess I expected there to be more of a sympathy level for Carrie in the remake, but there really wasn't. That's bizarre. Yeah, it's still pretty pretty close to the bone. Boys Don't Cry was the remake. Yes, it was. Yes, it did. It's like stop loss and just cool. Thank you for admitting that you're using Google. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing up here except cobwebs, so power the internet. Google is my brain. It's all of our brains. Uh, I, I get mad when I have to use Google. It pisses me off. I was like, I should know this stupid thing that nobody cares about. <laughs> I used. You know, they, you know, they shot the 2002 one, and I'm just remembering now, like a detective story, where the event had already happened, and um, what's his name, David Keith or whatever, he's playing the detective, and he's questioning few survivors, like where's Carrie, or what happened to Carrie, you know, and what, like what happened at prom night, and what was the catalyst, and all that stuff. <clears throat> so in a way, they kind of act like a journal, sort of, huh. detective. Interesting framing. Seems odd. Well, that makes sense with the series pilot, though, because he would have been following her from town to town. Yeah. I wonder if they did. I don't see anything on. And Google doesn't tell me anything. It didn't happen. It's not on Google. (laughs) (laughs) Never existed. A lot of those TV. Book to or book or movie to TV series things back then, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's more of a modern thing. Uh, sounds like they were trying to make it into the fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> that seems. I pour the blood on you. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for the woman with one ovary. Uh, <laughs> Man, uh, De Palma directed Mission to Mars. That's all. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where I kind of fell out. With <laughs> you didn't like Mission to Mars? No. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a really big love-hate relationship with De Palma, if I'm honest. Because some of this <laughs> stuff is just dead on. Then I'm like, this shit is this. <laughs> Mission to Mars was one of those. Where I was just like, no! I can't really remember a lot of his movies. Let's look at those videos. Home movies. Murder a la mode. Snake Eyes. <laughs> that Snake Eyes. One. <laughs> Ellie Dos Way was terrific. Raising Kane was great. I like Bumper Body Double. It was pretty bad. I like Body Double a lot. I don't think I've seen Body Double. Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a in spirit sequel to Dress to Kill, but it's probably the most famous just for having a really extended sequence with Frankie goes to Hollywood doing relax. So what? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Is it an erotic thriller? Oh. It is an erotic Psych- thriller. It has Deborah Shelton in it. Nice. <laughs> well, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for this first episode. 
we probably should we'll go on another tangent exactly i don't mind and i don't mind the tangents the tangents are fine it's just i think we're going to uh like i said you know it's the first episode people don't expect you know fucking greatness that shit will come so but what i do want to do is give everybody a chance to once again tell our audience where your works can be found and or purchased at the thrift store (laughs) i'm waiting for the day when i see one of my books in the thrift store that's how i'll know i've made it you've made it yeah i want to get my books in one of those uh, boxes on, on the po- what are they? The little libraries on the front of people's lawns. Oh yeah. I might just go around my neighborhood and do that. Just yeah, I saw one at this like church down the road where I live at, and they have one of those outdoor library things. I think I was looking the Nazi book. In <laughs> for your for your technical reading. Yeah. <laughs> Why not like that? <laughs> I think that'd be maybe not a synagogue. Uh, church is okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, there is a synagogue. I don't think they have it. I don't mic right now. We'll just go in and put it in, you know, just put it in the, in the sanctuary. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to recommend against that. <laughs> yeah. I might see the imagery and not read the word and be like, uh, uh you know. Yeah. <laughs> We'll put this in the church library. One of the kids will read it. Who knows? <laughs> All right, Tommy, where can your stuff be found? Wherever fine books are sold. Uh, wherever <laughs> fine books are sold, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Amazon iTunes. Page. Amazon's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can see me at com or whatever. Oh, .net, sorry. .net. And... Um, <laughs> My book trip as well is Ron Height. Uh, if you want to tune into um, ongoing series on my blog, it's machinememe.org. And you can also find me on Facebook, Thomas S. Flowers, and on Twitter at machinememe. Duncan, how about yourself, sir? Uh, me, you can find me at duncanralston.com, my desolate website, or uh, <laughs> follow me on Twitter at userbits. Oh, and my books you can buy at Amazon, obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can my... I can't even say it. You can you can my buy books. <laughs> Cut. Yes. <laughs> what um, was that uh, guy from Robin Hood, Men and Tights? He kept saying things out of order. That's great. <laughs> you can... Referencing Robin Hood, Men and Tights, you're the first person I've ever heard of. That is like from myself. <laughs> Oh, goodness. You can buy my books on Amazon. Um, You can read more current stuff on Pop Shifter and a Dirge magazine. You can also find me on a lot of podcasts, including Kiss the Goat, uh, the Cinema Beef podcast, the Theme Warriors podcast, Guilty as Charged, the Night's Talker Retrospective, and the Pop Shifter official podcast. And this one. So, and I probably left a couple out. <laughs> I don't know how you can remember all that. Uh, I, me, I have it written down. It's on oh, my. Okay. I have a tattoo on my arm like memento. It's a <laughs> list of podcasts, and then it just says, "Do not trust his lies." <laughs> <laughs> all right, but that's going to do it for us for this first episode. We will be back next time with a look at uh, Toby Hooper's Salem's Lot.
Yeah. Ooh. Excited for that one. I've never seen it. Yes. What? So what? Never seen it. Ah! What? <laughs> that's good. So that's gonna be man, that's gonna be fun. It's hmm. a good one. It's long. Yeah. Need some time for it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm excited. I don't have a clever sign-off, so bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>